Time to kick off the Inverted Triangle Soccer Podcast. Here's your host, Neil Morris. Hello and welcome to the Inverted Triangle Soccer Podcast. I'm Neil Morris, your host and soccer beat writer for WREL Sports Fan, covering the North Carolina Football Club, North Carolina Courage, and the North American soccer scene. Yesterday evening, the North Carolina Courage defeated the Chicago Red Stars 2-0 in the NWSL playoff semifinals to advance to the league championship final this Saturday against the Portland Thorns. The Courage are managed by Paul Riley, who will be coaching his third consecutive NWSL championship match and looking for his second league playoff title. Fresh off last night's win, I'm happy to welcome Paul Riley onto the inverted triangle. Have you found your way to Voodoo Donuts yet, Paul? I've been there many times, so not on this trip, <laughs> but I found Lovejoy Bakery, which is an amazing bakery uh, down in the Pearl District of Portland, which is an amazing place. So if you're ever in Portland, that's the place to go. What is their specialty? Their specialty is is uh, is, is really pastries and um, you know homemade pies and homemade bread and all that type of stuff, and they have a great egg sandwich too there. So yeah good <laughs> really good so if you really so, so hopefully you'll find more time between now and saturday to to meander your way there uh, uh we're gonna keep going around to every bakery i can but food do donuts <laughs> the line's so long there oh yeah difficult to get there like salt and straw where they have the ice cream place that's another place that has a line around the building you know yeah popular place that's so all good well, Paul, it's been a, a roller coaster week for the Courage, who saw their, their playoff semifinal against Chicago rescheduled and relocated to Portland, Oregon late last week. Then your team caught a red eye out of Raleigh Sunday evening before playing Chicago last night. Um, I'm not going to dwell on this too much, but just to put a bow on this whole thing, what what was the most uh, difficult obstacle or, or difficulty for your squad throughout this past week? I think the hardest part was not knowing where we were going to practice or when we were going to practice, you know. So once we knew the hurricane was coming in, we already decided Friday would be a day off for us, whether we were playing home or on the road or anything. So in our schedule, uh, we went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with Friday off, which worked out pretty well. And then Saturday and Sunday was just a gamble. We just didn't know what would happen. And uh, obviously we, were, we we trained in pouring rain and windy conditions and did what we had to do. It wasn't too pleasant, but we got it done. But it was, I think those two days were difficult, Friday and Saturday, in terms of preparation. Um, and it, was just, it just felt like a really long week, you know. I know the players were happy to get through Friday because they were sick of sitting inside Friday because obviously Friday was most of the heavy rain and, and wind and stuff. But, yeah, it was a difficult uh, difficult weekend for us. Especially Friday. Friday was, was off. The Saturday, Sunday were the two days that we, we had issues, you know. And, and the flight coming out, in all fairness, the flight coming out to Portland was, was, was tough. Yeah. It was 25 minutes. Thing was all over the place, you know. So I think that rattled a few of them, but no excuses. We went at our best last night, uh, but they gritted it out as they usually do. And um, you know, I think there's a lot of nerves too. And I think sometimes we've had a target for a while on our backs. And I think you know you don't want to. I think they thought that you know, if we didn't get to the final, they'd be under achievement after the, the regular season. So I think there's a little bit of pressure on them. But I think the pressure's off now. It's down to one game, and uh, you can't go any further than the last game of the season. So. I think at this point the pressure's more on Portland. They're at home, and you know they've got you know uh, more national team players and starters than we have, and you know they have a lot of very very good top players. So I think we've become the underdog since we got here. To be honest with you, that's kind of a thing that we don't mind being. You know? What was the the training schedule or availability before you left on Sunday for Portland? When when was the when was the last time your your team had field time before getting to Portland? 
Well, we did train on 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 Saturday and Sunday okay. mornings uh, in the pouring rain, uh, and obviously tough conditions, windy conditions. But we had no choice but to get out, and we did it even on the day of the flight. And then when we got here uh, late Sunday night, we obviously trained uh, light Monday at the stadium, and then we played the game last night. So I think it wasn't great preparation; it was okay preparation. And the good thing is, it's a team of no drama. So for us, it was just get on with it, and this is what we've been the cloud, the, the deck we've been dealt, and just you know we'll be okay. And I think that's a great thing about the team. Now they don't worry about flights being cancelled, they don't worry about weather conditions, they don't worry about injuries. You know, they just get on with it and uh, do the best we can, and that's really kind of where we've come from over the last three years, and that's the evolution of the group I think over the last three years. Turning our attention to last night, Chicago certainly came to play. Uh, many observers, including some of your players on social media. Uh, said it might not have been uh, the Courage's best performance of the year, but you won 2-0. Uh, what were the the key factors to, to getting that victory last night? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the four teams in the playoffs, I think this is the one team we didn't want to play was, was Chicago. I do think they've got the best midfield in the league uh, with our midfield, but I knew that was going to be a difficult place, and last night they got the better of us in the first half in the midfield, and I think second half we got the better of them. Um, but I mean, there were two fantastic goals that won the game. Other than that, I mean, did the crossbar and post uh, first half and put under a lot of pressure. And you know, our press didn't work in the first half. We adjusted the pressure, uh, you know, half time and changed it around a little bit. And I think it helped us a bit second half and helped us pick off a little bit more balls and just made it better for us. We lacked a little bit of our usual energy last night. And it could be the trip, a little bit of nerves. I think the, you know, I think just maybe the emotional roller coaster of the week and all the things happening and. A lot of not sure when we're going to do this, not sure when we're going to do that. So that's all over with now. I think I feel like we're here now. And I spoke to Lynn and Sam and a few of them this morning, and they feel like that now they've got the jitters out of the system. That now it's down to one game, and you know hopefully we can put on our better performance and, and try and win the game. It's you know what it's like in semi-finals and finals. They're very rarely great spectacles, and very rarely play your best. But mm-hmm. I think Chicago played their best game last night. You know. And, I think for us, the, the pat on the back is they played their best game, but we we gave them very few chances. Uh, you know, after that first ten minutes, and we closed them down. We did a pretty good job on Kerr and, and Nagasato, uh, which we didn't do in the first half. And in the end, I think uh, we were the winners in the end. You know, I mean, we went great, but we still created some great chances. And I mean, Sam Lewis's goal was probably the goal of the season. I think mm-hmm. in the second to last game of the season. You know, I mean, what a goal it was. And, uh, big, a big moment in the game probably when she scored it took a little bit of pressure off us because that last 10 minutes was going to get tricky um, but you know we've been in a lot of 1-0 games early season you know we work on it constantly in practice one goal up one goal down and you know how to manage the game late and uh, you know how to chase the game if we have to chase the game so it's something we do work on every single week and you know it's funny there was a break in with about 15 minutes left in the game when Morgan Bryant uh, hit the post uh, with her head, and she got an injury, so yeah. everybody came over to the sideline, and about five of them said, listen, we do this in practice every week, you know, it was 1-0 at the time, they said, we, we, we do this, we work on when we're 1-0 up, let's just see this game out, and we, I didn't have to say a word, you know, mm. and that's typical of the group, I think, and, and typical of their mindset and their mentality, and I think that, I think it helps when they feel comfortable in this situation, we've been there, we've done it a lot in practice, we've been in those similar circumstances, and I think it's all part of the preparation that they've been part of for this year. You know, after your team got the early goal, Chicago held a large majority of the possession for the rest of the match, which is unusual for your first team in NWSL play, including previous matches this year against Chicago. Was that 
was that a consequence of, of Chicago's defense or the nerves you were talking about or missing McCall's or boning out there or, or something else? Yeah, I mean, we tend to ball over much more frequently than we normally do. I think we were 80 passes less than them in the first half. Second half, the passes was even, so probably summed the game up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, we don't we don't normally outpass teams. We're just a little bit more ruthless in the, the final ball and, you know, obviously breaking lines through the midfield. And, and last night, you know, we tried to break lines. We forced a lot of balls, and um, it's unlike us. And then we didn't, you know, obviously McCall, you know, we, we, we struggled with Nagasato last night and with Kerr getting into the space between the lines. And normally McCall's really good at breaking that type of stuff up. And obviously with Atta, Sam and Sully are very good going forward. Uh, defending like McCall defends, there's only one player that can do that, and that's McCall, you know. So we try to, you know, obviously adapt a little bit, but it's difficult with Atta from the defensive side. But, uh, you know, we didn't pass the ball well last night. You know, we turned the ball over a lot. I think Sammy and Sully had good games. Um, but there was, you know, our two fullbacks were not at their best last night. And I think they'll be the first to admit it. They were still decent, but they weren't at their best. And hopefully they they both said they're a little bit nervous and uh, had the jitters. So hopefully we can settle in now and, and have a better game in the final. Uh, you know, Jess Mack was probably our best game of the season, which was hugely important. Uh, Lynn did a lot of defending for us. Defensive work didn't do a lot really going forward. Um you know, we looked at the uh, average position of each player, and funnily enough, for the first time all season in the 26, you know, 27 games that we played, Jess McDonald was higher in the average position than Lynn Williams was. So, hmm. you know, we've addressed that this morning already. It's very unusual for us. So, hopefully, we can get Lynn in higher and get her in better areas because she's such a handful. But if Jess Mack can reproduce that uh, on Saturday, that would be massive for us. And, you know, Crystal did a good job, I think, in Dabina and creating, but they weren't great, you know, when they went lower down on the field. and I think Chicago causes quite a bit of problems. But mm-hmm. you know, we rode the storm the 15, 20 minutes in the first half where they had the ball. They were on top of us. Uh, we got a little bit of luck, which you need, I think, in any big game. And then we uh, knuckled down. And I think second half, other than a set piece and a couple of crosses, I think we dealt with them pretty well. I don't know if Sabs made a big save second half. You know, I think we basically kept them in check. But it was not an easy game for us. And, and certainly Chicago, we played them last year. They, they, that was their best performance against us this season. And uh, from the playoffs last year, I thought they were really good yesterday. And uh, I said to them, you know, at half time, this is the first time all season that somebody's taken it to us and really given it to us in the yep. first half. And uh, we were lucky to get in. We won the up at half time. I said, you know, got to be happy with that one a lot when you've really not had any part of the game. And, you know, our game plan was not anything like we played in the first half. And I think their game plan was really good. And, you know, hats off to Rory and the team. I think they did really well. You know, we said they had the, the second best midfield. Uh, with ours in the league, and you know they definitely dominated that midfield area. But I thought we took a little bit, a bit of it back second half, and I think we got stronger as the game went on. We managed the game really well the last seven, eight minutes too, and killed the game off, which was really good. I don't know who you choose as your player of the match. My on Twitter, I I sort of posited that my choice was Abby Ursig. Um, talk about her performance, and is was she your choice for player of the match or someone else? Uh, I, I to be honest, I thought Jess Mack was brilliant. I think mm. the two of them were probably the two picks, and I think Sammy did a pretty good job in there too. And Sully too. Sully won six tackles, which is almost quadruple what she normally is. You know, she normally won it too. I think she was more tackles than the entire team combined. But Abby Erzy was just unbelievable yesterday. Just the position and the reading of the game. Uh, you know, Sam uh, Sam Kerr did okay. You know, she had a couple of chances, but when you consider the the best four in the world was kept at bay for most of the game. He's a huge credit to both the Abbeys, to be honest with you. But Erzig has been the, the best defender in the league by, by a country mile. She doesn't get it. It'll be a, 
an absolute disgrace, really. But she was fantastic last night. You know, distribution too. Didn't give the ball away. And I think she settled it down when we settled down. She came to me, you know, 20 minutes into the first half. She goes, what do we do? I said, we've got to drop the press back. It's not working. And, uh, you know, she's good at taking messages. Got to get mm. people to do things for her. And, um, you know, a massive part of the team. But last night she was, you know, when you're under pressure and she's winning every single header, uh, clearing every ball and doing all the things that, you know, it's, it's the grunt work that you players have to do that make teams special. And she was she has been a massive, massive part of the season. And she continues to get better, which is, you know, unbelievable. Same as McCall, really, you know, like a fine wine. You just keep getting better and better. And uh, I'm really excited to see her still improving. You know, she's improved technically dramatically, I think, over the last two, three years, the distribution, uh, ball speed. Uh, you know, obviously, she was always a great defender. And she's definitely fitter now than she's ever been in a career. Uh, it's a credit to her professionalism and what she goes off the field, I think. That's a massive part of what maybe younger players don't understand. And I think that's given her longevity. And she'll be playing for a lot more years, I think. And she'll keep improving. And whoever the next New Zealand coach is, that'll be my first phone call to Abby Erzig to get her back back on the field. You brought up Sam Kerr, and much has been said about what she means to Chicago's offense. She's the the league Golden Boot winner and scored 16 of the Red Stars' 38 goals this year. She's she scored against the Courage in two of the three matches this year. And in the third, which was the July match in Cary, she got in behind your back line early and often before you had to make some tactical changes to sort of close her down and cut off her midfield service. Uh, Kerr almost got off an early goal last night, but then was largely held in check for the rest of the match. What was the strategy for defending Sam Kerr last night? Well, I don't think you can defend Sam Kerr. I think she's undefendable. So I think what we concentrated on was Nagasato and the midfield and stopping Nagasato getting between the lines, stopping getting in, in, in the spaces on the corners of the sixes and just making sure that the, we could push Nagasato deeper than, the, than our sixes so we could defend almost, you know, with four players in behind the ball. And that's really what we did. You know, we tried to force Nagasato deep to get the ball and away from Kerr as much as possible. And, you know, really the one chance Kerr had in the first half was a bad pass by Merritt. You know, she turned the ball over, mm-hmm. forced the ball, set the mid. Uh, and it wasn't a build-up or anything. It was just a turnover, you know, and we got caught on the turnover, similar to really how Liverpool got uh, turned over yesterday in the second goal against PSG. So we turned it over, and we didn't have time to react almost. She beat one player and banged it against the post. Um, but I think other than that, we, we did a really good job on her. And I think as the game got deeper and deeper in, Nagasato became less and less influence on the game. And that was I, for me, that was the key for us. It's, it's, you know, We said before the game, Nagasato is the key to care. And keys and and cares the keys to Nagasato and we took Nagasato out the game and I think they were left locking a lot of long balls you know last 25 30 minutes which when you've got Abby Erzig in the back and Abby Dalkamp in the back not, no problem for you so I think it worked out certainly the second half was was definitely a lot better for us and uh, yeah I mean keeping care quiet and uh, is obviously massive against them and and now we've got Haran to deal with you know and mm. Tobin Heath to deal with and you know you just go from one tremendous player to another. Uh, and obviously they've been massive for them, um, but you know we're a team. We're built on a team. We're not built on individuals. And you know you could keep Lynn quiet, but Jess will have a good game. You can keep Crystal quiet, but Dabino will have a good game. You keep Sam quiet, and Sully will do well. You can keep left side quiet, and you know, it'll be good on the right. So it depends, you know, what your game plan is and what you want to do to us. But we have a lot of weapons, and I think the fact that we are a, a better built team bodes well for us. I think for the final. Paul Riley, the manager of the North Carolina Courage, joins us on the Inverted Triangle. Uh, other than media obligations, uh, your team has uh, th- a whole three days of rest before heading back to Providence Park to face the defending champion Portland Thorns on their home ground. 
the Thorns are in great form right now. Uh, what is it going to take to get a win Saturday and, and close out this pretty tremendous courage season with a league championship? Yeah, listen, it's 90 minutes. It's going to be hard. They're playing at home. It's going to be, obviously, a anti-courage crowd. of 20,000 packed in, and they've come to see their team win the, with, the, with the cup, you know. So it's going to be a difficult game. I think we know that. I think it was actually might have worked out in our favor that the semifinal was actually played here. You know, we've got the jitters at the stadium. We've won twice here this year, 4-1 and 2-0 and last night. So I think we have good success here. We've been in the same locker room, so we've got a good feeling about that. Um I think sometimes you play in a place and you just feel comfortable. And so I, I feel from that, the semifinal being here might have worked out to our favor in terms of prepping for the final. But I think uh, it's a different game. And, you know, obviously Tobin's in great form. Haran's in great form. Uh, I don't think they're as deep as us in their starting 11. Uh, but you know what? They've got the emotion of the crowd behind them. It's going to be a physical, They're going to make it a physical game, no question. They did last year. Uh, they roughed us up last year and put us out of our stride. They're going to, you know, just like they did to Seattle, you know, a lot of fouling, a lot of that type of stuff, trying to unravel the game. And we've just got to keep our professionals and keep our minds in it and, and do what we're good at. And, you know, we're good in transition. We're good if we've got possession. We can play either way. So whatever we get forced to do, we'll do. Um, but we'll go on the front foot. We're not going like we're playing away from home. And it's a Portland thing. We're going like it's a final, and we're going to go there and try and win it. And I think it's going to need a really good performance from us. I don't think we can be like we were last night and win the game on Saturday. I think we're going to have to be better. We're going to have to have more energy. Uh, it's a daytime game, which changes things a little bit too. It's going to be 70, 75 degrees. Not that humid, but you know, being the sun, sun in the stadium, so on turf, it'll be a little bit harder for us than, than maybe a night game would have been. But you know, we didn't press that great last night and looked a little bit tired and fatigued maybe from the trip. So I'm hoping that a couple more days gets us lively because the energy is going to be key for us. And the more pressure we can put on them, the harder it is for them, the more they'll turn it over in good areas for us. And that's what our lifeline's been most of the season is get the ball high up the field, way high up the field, and have less distance to go to their goal. Uh, and obviously set pieces, defending set pieces really well. Haran's a handful, Sinclair's a handful, uh, Ford's a handful on set pieces, Sonnet is too. So we're just going to, you know, Tobin's a great deliverer of the ball too. So the less stupid set pieces we give away, corner kicks, free kicks, throw-ins <laughs> deep. Uh, we've got to watch ourselves, you know. It's going to be a great game, I think. Uh, the fact that they're at home, hopefully they'll come and play. Last year they didn't play. They just basically kicked us all over the field. I'm hoping that with them being home, they'll come and play this time around. And I think the more they come out and play, the better it will be for us. Uh, Sabrina, uh, Sabrina D'Angelo got the start at goalkeeper last night in lieu of Caitlin Rowland, who was questionable with a concussion. Are you going to ride the hot hand with D'Angelo Saturday, or do you expect Rowland back between the sticks? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I'll make that decision over the next couple of days of practice. And, you know, I think that the game against Chicago suited Sabrina D'Angelo because it was a, a more of a breakaway. Mm. You know, Karen Agostetto, more of a breakaway type team. Um, a lot of shots, whereas I think more for Poland, a lot of crossing. Uh, so it's a, I mean, it might require a different goalkeeper, you know. And We'll make that decision. You know, Obviously, Kate's only trained for one day. She trained again this morning. Uh, so we'll just evaluate, really, Kate. Kate was the number one coming in. Obviously, to this late in the season, um, Sabs was number one when we started the season. So I'm, I'm comfortable either way. Um, but I think it was, Sabs was a good matchup for Chicago. And Kate, you know, because the crossing is probably a better matchup for Portland. But, you know, if she's not super fit and 100%, and then we'll go with Sabs. And, you know, Sabs has had two amazing games uh, in ICCN last night. So we're very comfortable either one. And listen, you've got a world-class goalkeeper uh, on both sides, one Canadian, one American. So mm. I'm not really concerned with that. And, I think that the defense is pretty comfortable with both. They're slightly different in the, in their line of where they hold their line and stuff. So it does 
changes a little bit. Uh, but I'm pretty comfortable. You don't want to think the team would say that too. So, yeah, we're not sure yet, but as soon as we know, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, Paul, you've often said that the evolution of this Courage team is a process and that there's no end to their, their maturation, just improvements. It's been a, a record-setting season this year, uh, and a win this weekend will, will cap that off. With all that in mind, do you see more room for improvement with with this team? And if so, where and how? Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, I talked a lot in the locker room yesterday before the game about the impact that they've had on the league. You know, I feel like the team's had a big impact. I think it's made teams in this league better. I think everybody's improved as the season's gone on this year. Um, and you look at Portland today, from Portland of four months ago, they're a much better team today. And I feel like we've made everybody a little bit better, you know, just by the season we've had. And uh, we try to get better in a lot of different ways, you know. And then we have to still, without McCall, obviously, in the lineup, we have to do a little bit more defensively than we would normally just because she's not there. But I think there's, there's definitely room for improvement. Uh, I, when I look at the two fullbacks, Merritt and Jay, I think the delivery can get better. I think the defensive acumen can get better. Uh, when I look at Abby and, and Kiwi, we can give less goals up. Um, we can block more shots. Uh, you know, we, we can deal with crosses a little bit better and track runners a little bit better. And I look in the midfield at Sam and Sully. I think we can deal with, you know, number 10s a little bit better from the opposition. I look at our 10s and I feel that Crystal's still really evolving in that spot. Bettina used to play in, on the outside for Brazil, so now she's on the inside. And the half spaces, central spaces, wide spaces, uh, looking at the space, where is it? And, you know, the vertical um, rotation, horizontal rotations between the 6s and the 10s. It's still, I think that's still a work in progress for her. And I watched the game tape, which I did this morning from last night. I still think they can do better at it, you know. And I think they, they think that too, you know. Lynn Williams is not the finished item yet. She's still young. Uh, she can score more goals, be more proficient. She wants to be. She can get better in the air. She can get more skillful with the back to the goal. She can get a bit more consistent. Jess Mack's getting better. Um, McCall's getting better. Uh, Kiwi's getting better. We've got a lot of young players that didn't play at something this year. They're really good. Like Ryan Williams and Morgan Reed done really well here. Um, you know, Darren Jenkins has is, is, is looked really good the last four or five weeks since she's come back from uh, the under-23 tour. So, I mean, the, the evolution of these type of kids will make us better, you know. Hamilton's got loads of room for improvement, too, and consistency in front of goal, touch, and stuff like that. And Liz Eddy's coming back to good form, too. Uh, Carrie Vaccaro's getting fit, and she's getting courage fit, not Houston fit, and I think there's a difference in... You know, she'll come in in this fitness next year. I think she'll be a different proposition. Mary Speck has, has evolved really well as a player and has helped the team. Ayo has you know, joined in, and I think she's just still asking questions and still getting used to playing in the box. And, I mean, you keep going. You know, Constantly goalkeepers, I think, can get better on crossing. Uh, Kate can get better low down, you know, on a safe percentage low down. So I think there's, there's so much room for improvement. They know that, you know, the... When we talk about no finish line, but it's a genuine thing for us, and we genuinely believe in the process. It's not a con artist thing that we talk about and say, "Oh, we're not going to do that." We just keep going and we keep going, and um, you know, just because you win or you don't win on Saturday doesn't mean it's over for this group. I, I still think there's a year or two away from being really, really where they where they can be. Uh, does that mean you win more games or lose less games? I don't think so, you know. But I think the quality of football has got better over the last three years, much better. You know, we've gone from a nine and seventeen to a sixteen and seven to a seventeen and one team. Um, so we've improved in the results factor, but I think the performances have really improved. And you know, we would we would almost win games back then with two hundred and seventy passes off first year. 
And now, you know, we're up around 450 normally, 475. I think we can improve that and get into the fives. And, and that's and that's the evolution of our team, I think, is becoming better at these things. And tactically, they've got much better. There's no question about that. Uh, we'll, we look back at some highlights from when we won here, 4-3 in the semifinal. And we were so naive, you know, with referees and so naive at managing games. And, uh, I think we've improved so much in that department too, you know. We've grown together as a group. You know, I mean, 11 of them are still here, and the players have been here a few years too. And what we brought in, like Dabino and people like that, it's just completely evolved this different. She's a completely different player in 12 months. And Brazil told her last week when she was away, she goes, You've got to stay there because you're really improving. And uh, they really like what they see from Dabino. She's gone from a non starter to Brazil to a starter. Sullivan's gone from a good player to a very, very good player. And I think she, she can be exceptional in a few years from now. Uh, so, yeah, we just keep plugging along, getting better. As coaches, we're trying to get better too, you know. As I think it's an important part of, uh, of of our improvement because if we want to make our players better, we have to improve. And I'm doing the pro course now because I want to help these players. I want to help Sam Muse be a better defender, uh, you know, as she grows into her game. And, you know, after last night's game, I think Jill Ellis must be looking and saying, i got to get Sam in this lineup somehow, some way. She has to play. She's just so different from everybody else. And Sam wants to evolve. She wants to grow. And, that's our conversation every day. How do we get better? How do we grow? What is it? What increment can we do today? What is it that you can do in your game? And it doesn't matter if you're number one or number 24. We want you to get better. Uh, you've been watching on social media. A lot of your fans have been dealing with the effects of, of Hurricane Florence. A lot of folks who in the eastern part of North Carolina are dealing with far more severe conditions. Um, just spare a few thoughts about you know, the fans back home and who are still following your team and, and what what's the team's thoughts on 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 them and, and what everything that's going on back here in North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I said before the game, uh, too, and that was the last thing I said to them, that, that you know, I, I felt, and I think we all felt that last night was much bigger than just the courage playing last night, much bigger than just rally playing or carry playing last night. It was the state of North Carolina. And I think, you know, we felt that last night. And I think it's, you know, I mean, I see this, obviously watching the news here is just horrific. You've seen more and more of the flood zones and, you know, all the floods and what people are going through and, you know, how they, they got food and water and stuff. And Wow. I mean, it's just tough. And, you know, I know a lot of people living in the Wilmington area and stuff and, you know, talking to them via text and they can't even get out, you know. And I think this morning they, they just for the first time got out today. Mm. Um, that's tough, man. And, you know, maybe we can add a smile or two to that. Uh, but I think it's, you know, when you come from the state and we represent the state, not just the city. Um, and that's why I like our name, the North Carolina Courage. I feel like it's, it's much fast, more vast than it is just a city. You know, we've got fans in Charlotte. We've got fans all over North Carolina. And maybe all over South Carolina as well. So I feel like, but you know, for our fans, obviously not playing at home was tough for them. But looking back, maybe it was the best thing to come here and get ourselves in here. And I know they couldn't watch us, but I think a lot of them watched and watched parties last night. So a lot of that stuff going on. Yeah, it was really good. And we were at, you know, our, we had about 25 fans here last night, and everybody wanted Chicago to win last night. And the other four and a half thousand <laughs> wanted Chicago to win. Uh, but it is what it is. And we've been in that type of environment before. And but our fan base, you know, we had it was going to be a sellout, obviously, for the semi-finals. That's disappointing that we didn't get to say goodbye. But sometimes that's the way it goes. You know, I'm hoping, uh, well, I guess it would be probably Sunday when we get back, that uh, we'll have something for them, you know, something that they can cheer about and be happy for. And 
Uh, I know the players are dying to win it for everyone back in North Carolina, and there's not many of us who are from North Carolina, so uh, we've we've kind of adopted the the state, I think. So, yeah, hopefully everything gets better and better as the next few days go on, and everybody gets the chance to get electric back and uh, watch the game on Saturday. One God last, bless everybody. That's for sure. One last question: You talk, you brought up some of the crowd reaction last night, even from the uh, the, the few thousand who were there. Does your team embrace the booze? <laughs> do do you, do you internalize it? Do you channel it? I mean, is it a? Th- cause, I mean, after all, you guys were undefeated on the road this year. Do you guys feed off of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think maybe because you know I don't think there's anything better than scoring in Portland and it's just dead quiet. The place just goes completely quiet. It's a great feeling. It's almost one of those eerie feelings, but a, a great feeling and. You know, we've been well on the road. You know, that was our, I think, ninth, if you count the ICC, that's 11 wins on the road, four ties, which is unbelievable, really, you know. Um, but I think they do enjoy on the road, and they enjoy each other's company off, you know, in the hotels and walking around the cities and being in the coffee houses together. So I think it's just not the game. I think it's just being around each other and being away. And um, we do feel like the world's against us right now, and I think that's good. It's good for our team, what we've always done when we were – the, the bad news bears back three years ago in Western New York in Buffalo and you know we couldn't pass a ball straight but we had some we were fearless and we were aggressive and we were athletic and you know we knew knew better than just to fight and fight and fight and as it started to evolve I think we've still got that part of our game and it's, and it's still in there it's still in the DNA and I think that's important for the group that you know we'll keep fighting and when you're away from home there's nothing like fans booing you and just keep playing and you know, dodgy goalkeeper, and they're screaming from the, from the back. I, I think that's great, you know. That's what you live for. I know the players were excited because they, they wanted to, you know, they saw the atmosphere of the game against Seattle, and they want to be there. They want to be in that type of uh, environment, and that's why a professional footballer, it's hard to play in that environment. But let me tell you, it's very fulfilling for everybody, I think, to be there. And, and obviously, you know, the, the, all 20,000 will want us to lose. We'll, you know, maybe we'll have three or 400. But they will be drowned out completely. <laughs> but I don't think we worry about it. We're not worried about anything other than just playing at our best. And you know, if we can play at our best, I think we'll be successful. And uh, that's what the goal is the next you know, 48 hours to prepare the team as best we can. We're very comfortable against Portland. We've played them three times this year. And we know what they're going to do. They know what we're going to do. So I don't think there's going to be any surprises. And you know, we'll see how it plays out. Paul Riley and his North Carolina Courage face the Portland Thorns this Saturday for the NWSL Playoff Championship. The game can be seen on the Lifetime Channel. Paul, thank you for coming on today, and good luck this Saturday. Thanks very much, Neil, and love and prayers to everyone back in uh, North Carolina. And thank you for listening to the Inverted Triangle Soccer Podcast. I hope you'll join us again next time. So long. That was the Inverted Triangle Soccer Podcast with your host, Neil Morris. Remember to download and listen to this weekly podcast during the season at WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app.